Hey gorgeous, this is episode number 174 and our guest today is Mr. Selling from the Heart, Larry Levine. Hi, this is Larry Levine. You're listening to Heart Sales Podcast with Christine Schlonsky. Hope you enjoy. I'm so over the moon that I have the opportunity to talk to Larry today, who was actually introduced by John Chang, who is a podcast listener to both of our podcasts. And John thought, well, those two have to meet. Their messages are so aligned. They probably enjoy having a conversation. And we did. And while we had the conversation, we thought, well, we really need to be each other's guests and share the love for selling from the heart and heart sells. So today I have Larry on talking about no empty suits. And he had an amazing career in the office technology space for over 28 years. Then in 2016, he started from scratch with his business selling from the heart. In less than four years, he has developed into clients all over the US, Europe, Australia, and he made it to best-selling author of Selling from the Heart, and he is the co-host of Selling from the Heart podcast, which I highly recommend you give it a listen and also get your hands on his book. In the world of empty suits, he's leading a revolution of authenticity, integrity, and substance in the sales profession. So let's tune in. Well, I am so, super excited to welcome you, Larry. Welcome to Heart Sales Podcast. Well, this is long overdue, so I'm looking forward to this one. This is so long overdue. <laughs> and uh, what I really, really love is when people love your stuff, they kind of start thinking for you and trying to connect the dots. That's how we met, right? Somebody on LinkedIn who enjoys both of our content said, oh my goodness, there's this person talking about selling from the heart and there's this person talking about hard sales. There must be a connection. <laughs> so that's how, how we actually connected. And I just, I just love that because that's how you get relationships that you would have never thought of, right? US, Germany, there's quite some water in between. So it wouldn't be natural to just meet. But uh, I just, yeah, I love it. No, and, and, and it's interesting when you talk about connecting the dots because I said, you know, in the world that we live in today, it's so easy to connect. It's never been easier to connect with people than it is right now. Yeah. But it's what you do with it once you connect. And I think, you know, it, it's easy for me to say, hey, Christine, go ahead and connect with and bridge an introduction to, you know, one of my friends. And that, that's easy, right? But yeah. it's what you do with it afterwards. So I know that's how we, you know, our introduction was bridge was through a, a mutual follower, but it's both of us reaching out almost at the same time that, you know, fostered this. I mean, multiple conversations, which, you know, led me to be on your podcast. So I appreciate it. Yeah. And I, I love having you. I mean, your message is so important. Um, so, so let's talk about it. How, how did this all come about um, that you decided, okay, something needs to change and I'm going to bring this to the world that no empty suits. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll, I'll start with the no empty suits uh, just cause that's, that's actually, it. it's the last chapter of selling from the heart. Yeah. And when I decided to write selling from the heart, I said, you know what? I wanted to write a book that wouldn't sit on somebody's shelf. Cause you know, cause a lot of books will, I mean, I'm guilty of it. I'll buy a book and I'll read a couple chapters and I get sidetracked and then I know it happens. The book just sits on the shelf and I never yeah. pick it up again. That's, you know, that's my fault. But I said, you know, I wanted to write something that was gonna, 
it was going to hit somebody between the eyes. Mm-hmm. And we had already had the Selling from the Heart podcast out. So it was just another way to brand the message. But in the last chapter, I kind of bring everything together and I say, you know what? The sales community, sales professionals can do so much better than what they're doing. And it's all about, you know, bringing sincerity and uh, selling from the heart. We always talk about, you have to bring sincerity, you have to bring substance and you have to bring your heart to what you do. Mm, It's uh, to me, it's mission critical. It's just, it's non-negotiable these days in, in sales. And if you don't do that, you're nothing more than an empty suit. And it's not meant to disrespect people or, or point fingers at it's just to get them to paint that picture in their head. Yeah, yeah. That, you know what? I have to be sincere. I have to be genuine. And I have to get to know who I am. I got to be comfortable in my own skin. I have to bring substance, which means I got to bring the business goods to the business table. And if I can't do all of that and I can't bring my heart to this, then what? And I just kind of came up with the whole thing. Then you're just nothing more than an empty suit. Yeah, and it kind of stuck. And it's just, it's just been a message that's resonated all over the world in a short period of time. Yeah. Well, who wants, I mean, nobody wants to be an empty suit, but I think, you know, people taking the time to think about themselves of who they are or who they want to become. Uh, I mean, when, when I discovered like self-development, that's, you know, it's totally life-changing when you really understand that there is a way you can work on yourself like permanently and other people have walked that path. You just kind of need to see what they've done and then find your own version, obviously. Well, yeah. And, and it's interesting that you bring up the whole self-development because it goes back into why I decided to write Selling from the Heart. And the way I wrote it was I've been on, I spent 28, almost 29 years in the office technology channel. So I always say it's, you know, one of the most laggard, backwards, dysfunctional sales channels that ever existed, but it's just my play on things. It's a great sales channel and I learned a lot. But along the way, I was on a lot of dysfunctional sales teams and I was on a lot of functional sales teams, probably more dysfunctional than anything. But mm-hmm. one of the things that, that I really noticed along the way was there wasn't a vice president of sales, there wasn't a sales leader, there wasn't a sales manager when they were conducting their meetings and, and you know our sales meetings, whether that be weekly, monthly, quarterly sales kickoffs, that they never, ever, ever helped salespeople become the best versions of themselves because unfortunately most are focused on product solutions, company offerings and that kind of thing, which is, you know, I'm not discrediting it because it's important, Yeah. but nobody helps salespeople become the best version of themselves. And I'm seeing it right now today. Christine just rear its ugly head because uh, there's not a day that goes by a week that goes by that I'm not talking to a sales leader or sales person, a sales individual that's really insecure in deep down inside. They just mask it is because they're unsure about, you know, how to position themselves. They can't articulate value. They have a hard time defining themselves, but yet they have to go out there and effectively sell and exceed their benchmarks on a monthly basis. And it's hard to do that when you're not aligned to yourself. Mm, Yeah, totally. I mean, that's my language. (laughs) So yeah, you know, in, in the life before, I do what I do now. I I used to be a sales director for high ticket event sales over the phone. And it really took a while to discover, you know, obviously I learned 
the sales process. I learned about the product. I learned how to approach the decision makers. But uh, really, only when I became a coach, like I, 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 I had coach training on the side, so to speak. And when I became a coach, I only then was able to put those pieces together. I always knew something was missing, something felt off. And that is when, because I did not allow my heart to be in the conversation, right? I asked high tickets. So people told me, well, I can buy your brand new car for what you're asking for a two-day event. So it was always like in my heart, like what are the best arguments? How can I show them the value? How can I help them to buy? Because, you know, you had to bring in revenue. And it was always like this little kind of taste to it that I couldn't figure out how to change. But then when I discovered personal development and decided to become a coach, when those worlds came together, that made all the difference. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I remember if I can share a quick story. Of course. Um, I mean, I, I could make this, I could draw this one out, but I'm going to keep this one really short. But I, I remember this probably goes back 20 something years ago. I kind of got schooled and I got schooled by a chief financial officer. And I, and I think this is when I kind of had my aha moment. And I think anybody in sales, whether you've been in sales six months or whether you've been in sales five years or 10 years, 20 years, it doesn't really matter. At a certain point in time, you're going to get a light bulb moment that's going to rock your world. And I was sitting there. I had my first, you know, out by us, and I grew up in Southern California, my whole sales career, we call these first in meetings, you know, that initial meeting with somebody. And there I am sitting in front of a chief financial officer of a large manufacturing company. And about 10 or 15 minutes into the meeting, I get, hey, time out, hold on, and stop, right? I'm like going, okay, well, what the heck's going on? But mentally, I'm saying that to myself. And I said, hey, you know, did I, what I say, you know, help me understand, you know, where are we going with this? You called, basically you called timeout. The CFO says, hey, listen, you're the third salesperson I've spoken to in the last week. So this guy was, he was talking to, to salespeople and looking for a company to help solve his issues as it relates to office technology. And I go, where are you going? He goes, hey, listen, you're the third person I've spoken to in the last week. You've said the same thing, same set of questions delivered in a slightly different manner. And I just can't take it anymore. Ooh. And you just happen to be the victim at this point. And he's being totally polite. He wasn't being, you know, arrogant. He wasn't being Mr. Meanie and, and things like that. And I go mentally, I go, okay, this, this, this is not going well. And I closed my book and I had about one butt cheek up off my, the chair I was sitting on. But then something said, hey, Larry, you know what? You can really turn this into a learning moment. Mm -hmm. You're just going to have to swallow it and take it, right? So I sat back down. I opened up my book. I flipped over a page. I sincerely apologized to him. I said, hey, listen, you know what? Game over. I'm totally sorry. But I am just curious, you know, what led you to say this and why did you say it? And Christine, for 45 minutes, I never said a freaking word. Mm. This CFO gave me the best life lesson that I've ever gotten in sales. And he said, you know what? You've come in here. You're in a nice suit, right? Because we were in suit and tie. You've asked some, you know, questions and all that. But unfortunately, they're pre-canned, right? It's 
I, I've heard them before. Nothing wowed me. It's all about you. It's all about how great your company was. The first five or six minutes, it was, that's what you led in with. Can't take it anymore. That's why he goes, how about if you flipped it and really showed sincerity and meant it and you asked questions about me and the issues I was having, the challenges I was having, the goals I wanted to accomplish. And he goes, you kind of get where I'm going with this? And I said, yes. Long story short, guy became a client. And it's because, it was because of that moment. We're still friends to this day. We laugh about it. I use this as an example. Mm-hmm. is how many times in our sales career and the, and the people that are listening to your podcast are in those situations where the first five to six minutes, all they're doing is talking about themselves, their company, their product and all that, as opposed to really looking that person in the eye and, and being sincere, showing that you care, why you're there to help. Amazing things happen, but I think we all have those light bulb moments. That's what I wanted to come across with selling from the heart. Yeah, I, I love it. And I mean, depending on how you do the the call, I mean, if you have calls or if you have meet in-person meetings, but like connecting first is so important. Like really being genuine about the other person and wanting to create a relationship before you even think of selling something. And I think that's, that's also the difficulty people have in sales if they are working in a company. So if they are like a professional salesperson, they have quota they need to meet, right? If they are an entrepreneur, they probably have some pressure to get some numbers so they can pay their bills. And then in these moments, it's kind of we drop out of the heart and we go into the head. And from there, it's just, it's a different conversation. Yeah, you know, and, and, it's, and it's interesting, um... And I'm, and I'm a believer in this. You don't necessarily have to have a relationship with somebody to buy something. And it just depends on, you know, if, if you're in the B2C world and things like that, it may not matter. But in the world that I came from, which was corporate sales, high-end B2B, and so forth, the tech space, mm-hmm. you best believe that relationships do matter. Yeah. And what I, what I always share with people in is this is if you want to have a healthy ever-flowing sales funnel you have to have a healthy ever-flowing relationship funnel and i want people to really you know take a step back and, and and think through that is the thing that concerns me the most and there's a lot but i think the things that concern me the most with the sales profession as it sits today is the the relationship building skills leave a lot to be desired inside the sales world because you know the pressure from the top to hit numbers on a monthly basis and a quarterly basis and so forth that we forget when this is all said and done it's one human having another conversation with another human yeah and that if you're in corporate sales why the heck would a high level executive turn over their hard-earned corporate dollars to you and your company if you fail to truly get to know them and what makes their company tick. Then I say, shame on you, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's, that's true for like all the different industries. It doesn't matter if you, if you are maybe a coach or a healer or a creative. You, you kind of have to come with that attitude to create that relationship. And by creating a relationship, that can be in a one hour conversation or in 10 minutes. 
but just by by showing that you are interested that you care and it's not all about you it's about them like yeah. as you said like flipping it around first of all it makes your life so much easier because you will obtain knowledge that they wouldn't have shared if you wouldn't have asked the right questions yeah and you know yeah yeah yeah, I'm just, you know, just going, going down that path is like when you don't know what to ask or when you, when you don't make the right offer, obviously there will, no, will not be a sale if they feel misunderstood or not even heard. Yeah, so let's just think about that for a second because I'm sure you see it and I see it all the time is salespeople are always in what I call sales conversation mode all the time. Yeah. That's how their brains are wired, right? Yeah. I only want to talk to Christine and I'm going to have a conversation with Christine when when Christine's ready to do what? Buy something, right? Yeah. But if Christine's not ready to buy something, then why am I speaking with her? Yes. And unfortunately, that's just been, I always say, you know, salespeople are products of their environment. Well, if that's how they're raised and that's the team culture, then it's hard to say, you know, can you imagine a salesperson coming back to their office, right? And they're sitting down and they're debriefing with their sales manager or whoever they roll up to. And the person's all excited, right? Hey, you know, I just had this really great conversation with Christine. Here's what happened. Here's what I learned and all that. And then that person goes, well, that, well, that's all great. But where's that fit into this? You know, where are we at with the deal? See where I'm going with this, Christine? Yeah, to totally. I mean, I, I have had those questions like, where's the deal? Or when you had something prepared, when is it coming back? Like, you know, it puts so much pressure and it's so unnecessary um, because I, I just, I believe that it's not a good energy. And I know exactly like if I talked about it, we kind of over-talked it, right? So wasting my time and the manager's time. And at the end of the day, often it didn't happen. Why, when I didn't say anything, I just made it happen and then brought the deal in. That's where the magic was created. So it's really interesting the, the way that some companies look at the way of deal making. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's, um, so I'll, I'll use the, I'll use kind of a national football league analogy, you know, American football over here is a yeah. lot of people, they want the ball, right. Which equates to the deal. They want that ball when the, when the ball's on about the two yard line or the deal's 95% already done. Right. It's like so many salespeople love swimming in the red ocean, but when that, when that ball's getting ready to cross the goal line or that deal's getting ready to go down, it, you can't start talking about value it's hard to build a relationship you're going to get whacked with the price hammer we all know it so why not that's why i always go back to every single day i challenge salespeople and i challenge their leaders your salespeople must open multiple new relationships every day they must have multiple new connections every day they must build more meaningful incredible relationships with your clients because if they don't then somebody else will but all too often, I, I look back on my career, some of the best sales deals I ever brought into the companies I worked for is the ones I created when there was nothing there that I built that relationship. I understood what was going on. What I want people to really realize is that executive or those mid-level decision makers, whoever you're calling on, they're going to be more open and receptive to ideas 
when they're not in the market to do anything because there's no pressure to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you, if you really approach it with your services, well, depending on what you sell, right? Some services you can create that need for all the time because it just delivers value, but the person might not even think about it. So the question is, how can you show up creating that relationship that you are always top of mind? So when the need comes, you, you are the one they remember and call up. Yeah. And I think it, you know, what you said just right now is so mission critical, especially in this world that we live in today, that you know, we're digitally driven, we're socially connected, we're mobily empowered. Even if you don't think it's going to happen, I mean, you and I, you know, we bridged socially, right? Before yeah. we ever even spoke. Now, the same can translate into anybody's marketplace all across the world is, you know, believe it or not, is the way you're going to stay top of mind is we got to marry what we do face to face and we have to bridge that gap online because how do you build relationships and how do you build credibility with somebody? When they, A, they may not even know who you are or B, you get connected and then they're going to form opinions of you is how do you smash all this together? Yeah. When, when we all go, you know, hey, first impressions matter. So, oh. it, you know, if, if, if we didn't have a great first impression, guess what? I'm not on your podcast and you won't be on my podcast, right? That's just how it goes. Totally. But that's yeah. just the world that we live in today. Yeah. Yeah, there's so much uh, choice and variety. It's like often you don't need that one person, right? But when you connect and you understand, that's where magic happens. That's, you know, it's like a development of something. It's, when you go to your, on a first date, you don't usually, not in Germany, I guess, <laughs> you <laughs> ask the person to marry you, right? Yeah, so it, the, you have to it, give it time. Yeah. yeah. And, and so this play off that for a second, because I've used that analogy before, is this is where I think being genuine and being authentic and being real, because hopefully we're like that in our personal lives, right? So whether you're in a serious relationship or you're dating or even, you know, husband, wife or, or whatever is you're going to bring the best version of yourself and you're going to build those strong relationships because if you don't, then what, right? Yeah. Nothing worse than dating and so forth, which I consider, you know, prospecting and all that to be business dating because in in essence you are. I mean, there's no difference. I mean, if we just peel it all the way back, there's no difference. But nothing worse than entering into a a personal relationship and then getting married and then three or four years down the road, that person going, what the heck's going on? It's not what I signed up for. I'm just finding this out now. Yeah. Things change. Well, let's equate that to the business world. It's the same to me, the same principles and the same concepts apply. So if you're putting on a front and a facade and you're Mm -hmm. an empty suit and you're in sales and then for some reason, you know, you get that deal and then you change your mannerisms and you change the way you approach things and then you get called out on the carpet on it well, then you deserve everything that's going to happen to you. Yeah, totally. Totally get that. So what does hard sales mean to you? Oh, you're going to flip this one on me. Yeah, this, this is cool. <laughs> this is cool because we always ask our guests, what's it mean to sell from the heart? So it's just kind of flipped on me right now. So that, that's awesome. <laughs> is uh, 
So what's it mean to me? I, I think first and foremost, and we talked about in the beginning of this, I think it's understanding and bringing the best version of yourself to the business table, placing their interests up onto a silver business platter. That means having their best interests at heart. And I'm going to take this thing even deeper because somebody had thrown this out to me when I was writing my book is it means not deceiving anybody. It means having true intent, being sincere with what you have to say. And if it's not the right fit, you're looking somebody in the eye and saying, I appreciate the time we've spent together. I appreciate allowing me to get to know you. I, I don't think I have something that may help, but I know somebody else who may be able to. Yeah. And, totally and that's it. And that's it. And that's a tough one. And I bring up the whole thing when you, when you asked me about heart and sell and, you know, made selling from the heart is that whole word around deception is you can't bring your heart to this. If you're trying to deceive somebody else or manipulate or, or anything like that, which are the words that, that really kind of, if you ask anybody their opinion of salespeople, those, those words are going to come up is in order to bring your heart to that sales table, you got to understand what makes you tick and it has to come from inside. And I always say that people can smell sincerity the minute you open your mouth, but they can smell BS just as fast. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I always, and I always say, you know, I don't have a doctorate in, in psychology. I don't have a doctorate in human behavior. I have a PhD from getting this snot kicked out of me selling, you know, copiers in Los Angeles. That's what I bring. And I wear my heart on my sleeve and people sense it. When you're clear with your message, when you're concise with your message, when you believe in your own message in your heart and you deliver it in a way, people will understand that, Christine. To me, that's what it means to bring your heart to the table. Awesome. Yeah, I, I love it. And that's why, you know, our messages are very much aligned because that's so important. I, I believe you should bring your heart like always, not just in a sales conversation. It, it makes life so much more beautiful and, and real, like living your own truth and knowing who you are, learning that this might change over time. Um, so that's wonderful. So where can people find you? <laughs> well, I, I'm all over, I'm all over social, but they can find me on LinkedIn. I mean, it's, it's really easy. You know, they can, it's my LinkedIn address is Larry Levine, 1992. It's really easy to find me. Uh, you can go to sellingfromtheheart.net and you can find out everything that you ever wanted to know about selling from the heart. You can download the first three chapters of my book. You can find the selling from the heart podcast on there. You can find me on link on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook. Yeah, I will definitely put all the links in the show notes so that you're just one click away and also connect to your wonderful book, which I highly recommend people reading it because the message is so beautiful and so important. I have people over and over again that sabotage themselves selling because they feel or in their thoughts, they are afraid they have to become the next wolf of Wall Street or the next ABC always be closing person. So it, it really makes a huge difference bringing your heart to the table. So thank you so, so much for being on Heart Sales Podcast. I'm so excited. I get another interview with you. Uh, so uh, this I'm, is going to be uh, good. Yeah, that's going to be very good. And um, <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to hear what the first thing was that you ever sold in your life. So uh, uh, 
we're going to finish off here and I'm looking forward to another amazing episode with you. Thank you so, so much. Yeah, no, you're welcome. I look forward to it as well. Well, I really, really hope that you loved this episode. I just love having a conversation with Larry. It just totally makes sense. Everything he says, I get and vice versa. So it was so much fun. And I hope you're taking away lots of golden nuggets to implement. Make sure you hop on over to christineschlonsky.com, find the podcast tab with the show notes, with the resources, all the links to Larry are just one click away. And while you're over there, check out the Heart-Centered Lead Generation Summit. We are kicking off right now and you do not want to miss because if you struggle a little bit in generating new leads, finding clients to fill your pipeline, to really give from your heart your wonderful gifts, you want to make sure you join the Heart-Centered Lead Generation Summit. And you can also find it at Heart-Centered Lead Generation summit.com or you just hop on over to christineschlonsky.com where you usually are and just check the summit out there. Join us, learn from over 40 amazing world-class speakers, heart-centered strategies for your lead generation and take your business to the next level. Thank you so much for being here. Tune in for the next episode 175 selling from the heart with Larry Levine and I'm saying bye for now.